Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so very much for tuning in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at chapters 6 and 7 of the New Testament book of Acts, which is the only book of history in the New Testament. Luke wrote the third gospel, which was his book number one, and now this is his second book. Notes from my New Testament class said that joining Luke and Acts together, Luke wrote one-third of the New Testament. So far in Acts, Jesus ascended after promising the Holy Spirit. The key verse for Acts is chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Acts shows us how the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, spread throughout the world and how it was available to all people groups. 120 believers in Jesus, both male and female, were meeting and waiting for the promise, and the apostles selected a man who had been with them from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Matthias, to replace Judas. Then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. The believers, both male and female, could speak in different languages because in chapter 2, verse 5, now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven, and they heard the good news in their own language. Peter preached and 3,000 souls believed and were baptized. Chapters 3 through 5 began with Peter and John healing in the name of Jesus, a lame beggar. He went into the temple, jumping and leaping and praising God. Peter preached again and 5,000 people believed. This led to Peter and John's arrest. The Jewish council warned them to stop, but they said, For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Chapter 4, verse 20. The body of believers was growing. People willfully gave to help take care of each other. One of those believers was Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. We see that even the beginning church had problems. Ananias and Sapphira sold some property, but kept some money back for themselves, which the Lord revealed the truth to Peter. He gave them a chance to tell the truth that they had kept some of the money, but they both lied and died instantly. This brought fear to the body of believers. The religious leaders arrested the apostles and wanted to kill them, but Gamaliel gave them wise words and told them to be careful, or else you may even be found fighting against God. Chapter 5, verse 39. The apostles were beaten and released. The last verse of chapter 5 reads, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. As the church grew, there came conflict. Why? Because the church is full of people. Verse 1 of chapter 6 reads, Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. This is the first time that the word disciples is used with reference to believers in Jesus 
versus the 12 disciples. They are now called specifically the apostles. Hellenistic Jews at the least means that they were Jews that spoke Greek, the common language of the day. When Samaria was destroyed by Assyria and when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians in the Old Testament, the Jews were dispersed all over the world. And these Hellenistic Jews' widows' needs were being overlooked. The twelve, which included Matthias now, spoke to the congregation of the disciples or the believers. They said, we need help to take care of these issues so that we can concentrate on praying into the ministry of the word. They picked seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom. They were Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. A proselyte was a Gentile which converted to Judaism. One thing to note is that all these names are Greek in origin. The apostles brought them forth, prayed for them, and laid their hands on them for service. In our terminology, this is called the first ordination service of deacons. We get that through 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 8 through 13. The word deacon means through the dirt or dirty feet people. In other words, servants. And if you remember, Jesus was the suffering servant. Verse 7 of chapter 6 reads, The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Now Stephen was full of faith and the Holy Spirit, verse 5, and full of grace and power and was performing great wonders and signs among the people, verse 8. A different group of religious Jews called the Synagogue of the Freedmen, which included non-Hebrew Jews who were once enslaved and are now free, brought charges against him. Number 1, verse 11. We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And number two, verses 13 and 14, he speaks against this holy place and the law and that Jesus will destroy this place and later the customs which Moses handed down to us. Verse 15 says, they gazed at Stephen and his face was like the face of an angel. The high priest asked him, are these things so? Chapter 7, verse 1. Then Stephen begins his sermon, which is full of Jewish history. First, he talks of Abraham. He points out that Abraham was not from this place. And if you remember from our Old Testament study, there's a chance that the word Hebrew means not from here. Then Stephen points out that the promise to Abraham included that his descendants would be aliens in a foreign land. He then moves on that Abraham had Isaac and Isaac had Jacob and Jacob had the 12 patriarchs. The patriarchs were jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. The Jews increased in Egypt until there was a king or pharaoh who did not know Joseph and mistreated our fathers. Then Moses came onto the scene. He tried to stand up for his people, but they turned their back on him. He fled out of Egypt, and while there, God called him to free his people. 
throughout Moses's leadership, the Jews disowned Moses. They were unwilling to be obedient to him. Through Moses, the fathers had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness and then in the promised land. David wanted to build God a home, but it was not until Solomon that the temple was built. But Stephen pointed out, however, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. Isaiah chapter 66. Then Stephen said in verses 51 through 53 of chapter 7, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become, you who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. In his sermon, we see that the Jews had constantly rebelled against God and his leaders, that God never desired to live in a building built by human hands, and that they persecuted the prophets that the Lord sent their way. With his closing words, no wonder the religious leaders were cut to the quick. Verse 54, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, as if ready to receive him. Stephen then said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This is the only place other than the Gospels where Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man. The men went crazy and began to stone him. Stephen said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Jesus on the cross cried in a loud voice in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Stephen then fell on his knees and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The first martyr of Jesus died like Jesus. He truly was a disciple of Jesus. In my ESV study Bible, it says, The Greek word for witness is martis, M-A-R-T-Y-S, which came to be associated with witnessing to the point of death from which the word martyr derives. Stephen became the first such ultimate witness in the early church. And this is approximately 31 through 34 AD. One last thing to point out in his death is there was a witness to this event. Verse 58 says, when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Chapter 8, verse 1 reads, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. I am left with a realization that the Lord will provide what we need to endure to the end. Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing by God the Father, ready to welcome him home. And the Lord gave him the words to say, both before, during his sermon, and as he was being put to death. And the Lord gave him a forgiving heart like Christ. 
Also with the first martyr came the realization that people will die before Christ comes again. He was the first, but he was not the last, and people still die today for their faith. The men that put him to death were stiff-necked, unwilling to turn, and uncircumcised in heart, hard-hearted, with ears resisting the Holy Spirit. Let's not be like that, ladies. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's have a neck that turns to the Lord, a soft heart that will obey, and ears that are willing to hear. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.